Journal Entry 34. I'm not sure how to summarize our trip to Old Moon 4 now that it's over. We were helped by strangers and attacked by strangers. We explored this new world that I woke up in, as well as the remnants of the one I came from, and here I am again. I'll have to return to that subject later with clearer eyes. But really what's sticking with me right now is Juniper's guilt. First, for what she did to Sister Stray and how Rosewood got hurt. Then, for the way Olive and Basil treated her and the story of the battle. And it happened again when we arrived and saw the news vids about the rebellion. I watched her stare at them for 30 seconds, transfixed as if it was her fault. I didn't push her on that one. She blames herself for being complicit in the new Empire's actions for so many years. I hope she knows that she isn't alone in complicity or being a part of evil. I myself have no knowledge of what the old parts of me did or what they're responsible for, but I know that we can all begin again. I think, though, what I will hold on to from this trip is how she danced with me. Signed, Aira. Welcome to Diceology, an actual play podcast dedicated to telling you stories in an anthology format. We're here for the role-playing and the rolling. I'm your host and GM, Dane, and with me tonight is... Hey, I'm Natalie. And tonight, we will be resuming our story about Lady Juniper Blackbird, but we will not be resuming our game of Lady Blackbird. Um, instead, we will be playing a combination of a couple games that, uh, I have a really soft spot for. Uh, the first and main one is Simple World. Um, it's a hack of Apocalypse World, and you can find it out on buriedwithoutceremony.com, which is a fantastic game company. So just, it's a fantastic game, and the basic premise of it is when you want to do a thing, you roll 2d6 plus a stat on a 10+, plus. You get your way on a seven to nine, there's a complication and on a six less, you are out of luck. And the GM comes up with more distinct consequences. There's more specific rules there, which we'll hit in a minute. The other game that we're also gonna be intermittently playing is Mobile Frame Zero Firebrands by D. Vincent Baker. Now, the reason that we are switching games is, a co- there's a couple, couple reasons. Um, reason number one, uh, our story kind of shifted a little bit after last time to being one about not just one person, but sort of two people. And we wanted to make sure that we could mechanically represent that and that the games supported a little bit more of the, um, the they would, I think in the, in the case of, of Firebrand supports a little bit more downtime because the way the game has the story has been going up until now, it all like the tension ratchets up and ratchets up and ratchets up, and then there's like a big release, and then we never really get to play out. We haven't really gotten to play out like the some more of the recovery sort of stuff, those scenes. And Mobile Zero Firebrands is a great game that mechanizes non-adventure stuff in a really fun way that you'll get to hear. And we wanted a game that also that most of the time supported kind of anything we needed it to be. And so here's the magic of Simple World. Simple World provides a basic framework of a game and then the GM and the player create everything else about it. 
So Natalie and I came up with a bunch of stuff. The, the game essentially asks you, gives you a few guidelines and prompts on how to come up with these, these sort of side things, including your stats, um, what makes a character have special abilities. So basically you build the stats in the class yourself custom for what you need um, and are interested in playing. So we kind of did that. But if you're, if you're, if you're here just for the story, don't worry, Juniper's not going anywhere, Aira's not going anywhere, we are gonna get into the, what's going on with them. So that's kind of the game. We'll get into more details as we play, especially with Firebrands, because we've barely touched on it. So yeah, um, the best thing to know, listener, is that you're gonna be where we are starting this off together, you, me, and Natalie, and you will be learning with us, and you will keep up just like every other episode of this show where we're learning new games all the time. So we're really excited. I'm really excited. Um, and I hope you are too. Natalie, you ready to get going? Let's do it. Cause we, I, I don't know about you, but where we left Juniper last time left me just, I wouldn't call it anxious ex- exactly, but just a With little much frustrated. Anticipation. That, yes. That one frustrated that we weren't playing the next day. Yeah, no, it, it feels like it's been so long. I don't even think it's been that long. I don't even know. I don't know. It's been, I think it might have been just about a week. So oh, well. let's get started. We're going to pick up right where we left off. I think we start with just the, like we start a lot of episodes of 11 Jump Gates with spiraling blue energy of traveling th- through a jump gate. And I think we kind of like pan back the, the camera pulls back through the uh, the glass of the new Imperial shuttle that Lady Blackbird has is currently traveling on, that Juniper is traveling on. Because last time you needed you had to leave Tristful in a rush. And you took Aira, got on this shuttle with a per- this this ex naval officer named Basil and his assistant subordinate Olive after a really harrowing conflict with a seeker of the 11th saint sister stray who you managed to defeat but you left had to leave Rosewood in kind of a bad way wounded and you also had to kind of live with the fact that out of fear of retaliation from the seekers Sheriff Delilah Flint is basically going to have to let her go. This sister stray, this seeker. And now you're in a jump gate. Traveling to Hold Moon 4 because you and Aira discovered some information about there being working databanks over there, basically. And of course you got Aira a hollow body, a holographic body she can see and hear and be in the physical world now. So did I miss anything from last time? <laughs> This is such a weird game. I love it. I, you know, you, you did great. <laughs> I think I got it all. I Hearing think it I like did. all together is just so funny. Like what the <laughs> heck is happening? Um, I think basically what the heck is happening is you're continuing to try and sort out information about the old empire and maybe continue to help Era figure out who and what she is and yes. what all is going on there. But Yes, yes. A couple of seconds ago, you Basil asked you where you were headed. You said Hold Moon 4. He put in the coordinates, and you went through the jump gate. 
And uh, Basil, I'll, I'll describe again, he's a man in his like late 50s, maybe early 60s at the most. He's got auburn hair with like st- lots of streaks of silver. He's a white guy. And it's like long tied, pulled back in a really long ponytail. He's probably got kind of a scruffy situation going on on his face. Probably not by choice, but just that's just <laughs> the weeks he's had probably. And he kind of leans back and Ace Olive is sitting next to him. She's much younger than him. She is, yeah, Olive. Olive's probably in her mid to late 20s, tannish skin. And she's got she's got dark hair with like a streak in it of some color. She's wearing a New Empire like gear, but no official insignia. Like she's wearing battle armor, but no no official rank or anything. I believe they told you last time that they're both they were both asked very nicely to retire uh, <laughs> after a pretty recent battle. And so ba- Basil kind of leans back and he's like, "Well, uh, that's it." It'll uh, be a week before we get to Old Moon 4, so... Olive, uh, you you and I will take watch up at the controls and shifts. I'm your former commanding officer, so you will take the first one. Uh, and I think she grumpily agrees, and Basil stands up and says, uh, My Lady Blackbird, uh, uh, I can show you to your cabin now. You must be tired after all that. You can call me Juniper. Uh, well, uh, thank you, milady. Milady Juniper. Um, yes. And he kind of stands up awkwardly and, like, heads out a little. Um, I think she's really distant. Like, um, she's just very preoccupied. Like, she's definitely in no shape to, like, have a conversation right now. Here's an honest question. Do you still have Rosewood's blood on you? Oh, I'm sure. So you look like a... You look like like something real, real big just happened to you, so... Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so my first priority is to literally wash his blood from my hands. Yeah. So I, I think the whole time Basil kind of, like, stands outside the... What's probably, like, a, a small bathroom with, like, a shower and everything while you do that. Do you probably... You probably change back into your new Empire clothes, right? Hmm. Because they're clean. They must be. That's true. I guess that's those are the only cl- other clothes I have, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. I am changing back into new Empire clothes. Yeah. So, so when you come out... Uh, I don't think Basil looks surprised or anything, but he does say, yeah, "Just, uh, just leave the other ones on the the floor. I'll, I'll have all of Washam." Uh, Juniper just gives a slight nod. Thank you. Y- yeah, of of course, uh, my my Juniper, uh, mm, of course, and he uh, takes you down to the to the end of the, the end of the of this long hall. So it's a long shuttle. It's it. You are almost certain this is your father's shuttle. Like, they make lots of models of these, basically. Like, there's lots mm-hmm. of these that they make, but there are... Most nobles of a certain level own one for all the, the traveling that they have to do. So you walk past a number of cabins, because, like, I think the shuttle can be can be operated by at just one person. 
But ideally, it would be crewed by like seven or eight, and then there'd be the noble passengers. So you get taken to the main cabin, essentially. It's it's a pretty spacious room. It's still like a ship, so it's not massive or anything. You know how when you're in like a, a hotel room, even kind of a nice one, like you can get lots of good rest in a hotel room, and, and there is there are some things about those that are really comfortable, like really fluffy pillows that were washed like an hour ago and all that right. good stuff. <laughs> but there's nothing warm and personal about it. Mm-hmm. And you've just spent a month living with a man who doesn't live with other people ever in a place he built himself. So I bet there's something oddly sterile about this. Mm. Okay. And uh, Basil says, well, uh, I'll be just... Um, I'll be down the hall in the uh, either the mess or the uh, the captain's cabin. Uh, you uh, just let me know when you you need something. Thank Breakfast you. Or I will. something in in uh, 0800 or what have you, uh, Milady. And he kind of like sort of salute bows his way away, like. He's very uncomfortable by all this. He doesn't know what to Why do. Why are all the men in my life so awkward? <laughs> you just haven't seen your father. Your father is not an awkward person. Do you want to know what the real answer is? I'm awkward. I, Dane, am an awkward man. So it's easy for me to play awkward men. Uh, we do, the two of us do really well at awkward characters. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we are great at that. Because no. of who also, we are as people. <laughs> Also, Basil is in a completely new phase of his life and is sorting that shit out. So, <laughs> sure, you know, midlife crisis situation. Uh, sort of. Or just midlife situation. <laughs> if you guys want to know more about Basil and why he might be having a hard time in life, go listen to the Kingdom episodes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a literal story there. There is a literal story there. It is accessible. So the moment, I imagine like the doors like automatically close real quick. And the moment they like, like shut, Aira turns on. Like she just like projects herself into the room, turns on all of her like, she was listening the whole time to everything, but she can see and hear and talk to you now. And... She's getting a better and better handle on her self and how to project herself in an appearance. And I think she has her hair down in a really, like not, it's not that she hasn't had her hair down before, but it's, and she's wearing like softer clothing. Like normally she's wearing what looks to be sort of like, kind of like a flight suit. Like something you would jump into a, a, a small one-man fighter or a mech into and go shoot shit. And mm. instead she's kind of wearing like, um, I don't know, probably just some sort of like long sleeve t-shirt and, and, and like sweats or jeans or something. Like she's projecting a much softer version of herself than you've seen. Mm. And I, I think Era just like, she can't touch you like this. So she just like, Hey, why don't you lay down? And, um... I think Juniper's already just, like, sinking back against the wall. No, not there. Just, there's a bed. Just go lie down. 
And then why don't you come visit me? Um, I think at that, Juniper lifts her head up. Um, and there's kind of just this, like... It's not an indifferent look at all. It's just kind of that look that's like there's some life drained from her eyes a little bit like just this exhaustion that's like so much deeper than like anything physical um uh but I think she just like pulls herself up and does as Aira says without saying a word so I think Aira lays next to you or projects herself laying next to you in the bed she says just come visit me um yeah I think Juniper's just gonna do it okay so we're gonna run up against our first roll here so you're gonna roll dream blood when you channel the magical power you trained into your blood choose whether you act with malice or with compassion and roll the appropriate stat with each. So when you act with malice, you'll roll with your stat educated. If you act with compassion, you'll roll with soothe. Yeah, and so this is a soothe roll, I believe. Kind of for myself. (laughs) Yeah. So. This is 2d6, right? Yeah. Yeah. 2d6 plus that stat. Yes. Cool, so I got an 11, so I can do it no problem. So on a 10 plus, you get to hold three resource points and spend them one for one to cause an effect listed below. Your options below are take take action while your normal senses are blinded, enter the dream of an unconscious person, manipulate the dream of another, cause a waking person to vividly hallucinate, read the mind of another, sense for other persons and or minds, sue the person of pain, affect another target with with an ability meaning you can affect more than one target with this so you have three hold here three resource okay. points okay so I think what I'm going to do then um, I'm going to spend one resource point to enter the dream of an unconscious person in this case Aira mm-hmm. um, and then I'm going to spend a point to soothe a person of pain and I'm going to affect another target with this ability too so i'm gonna affect both of us so i'm trying i'm not just soothing myself like i'm trying to soothe aira as well Mm -hmm. so you enter her mind her 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 inner world so to speak her mindscape which we've described a few times it's a it's this hangar bay with a mech hanging in one corner and big double doors and a hallway attached. You always kind of enter from the hallway. It's changed over the month you've known her now. You know, that there used to be these just workbench tables, you know, but now those workbench tables, instead of being covered in tools that Aira found useless, it's covered in sketches and pencils and books you've left her, puzzles, that sort of thing. And in another corner, there's a window that you've made for her uh, that has weather that's reflected outside and which I think is the snow from Tristful still. Below that is like a bed that with tons of comforters and pillows and sheets and whatnot. And I think Aira is waiting in the hallway for you. 
and just opens her arms if you want to. Like, she's not making any moves on you, but she just kind of opens her arms. Oh, yeah, I think Juniper definitely falls into her arms without hesitation. And I think Aira just... I think she's kind of... has been desperate to do this because through the whole experience where you were dealing with Sister Stray, she wanted to be able to interact Mm -hmm. and was completely unable to. And so being able to, to provide this physical support now is probably the most soothing thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to take you and we're going to lie down, okay? She just nods again. I think it's really hard to get words out right now. So Aira is a six and a couple inches person. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so she just kind of, I don't know. She's also really, she again, I've described her before as like looking like she, maybe she was a soldier. And so she's really strong looking and you're in a dream. So physics probably are <laughs> not relevant either. There are anyways. no rules here. No. So I think she just picks you up just like princess style and puts you down in the bed you made to comfort her. And I think she just sits up next to you. So, um, do you, uh, do you want to talk about it? Um, I don't know if I can yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I understand that. Do you, uh... You can just sleep here. And, uh... I can watch things. For you. You you can sleep with me. It's okay. We're safe here. You, you, you trust them? This Basil and Olive? I don't have much choice. I guess not. But, uh, I've got you here. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Um, I think, like, I mean, I think, like, she's just gonna go to sleep unless Aira's doing anything else. Um,. Uh, I I don't think that like talking so the thing about Jennifer is like she is very intuitive um, very empathetic uh, pretty emotionally aware but um, at the same time she does come from a family who doesn't particularly value those things and that's like I mean that's part of where they clashed Um, you know her family values knowledge and intellect over emotion and kind of less concrete topics and theory and stuff like that. And so I don't think she's had much experience talking about super difficult things. Also, I don't think she's had a lot of super difficult things, like the things that she's experiencing now. 
fair. So I think that's like, I mean, she's kind of in shock, I guess, but, um, and so it's hard to talk about things anyway, but I think that just adds another layer to it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Aira is going to sit with Juniper until she's asleep. So I have a I have a quick question. If you fall asleep here in this in Aira's mind, I guess. Sleeping in another you, person's dream. Normal yeah, things. Yeah, does that work? Like I guess is a question. <laughs> can you maintain that connection or the moment you fall asleep for real you vanish? Hmm. Good question. Um I don't know. <laughs> Should we do like a fate roll on this maybe just to Maybe, is this but, something we should like, narratively decide? I guess we should... I think we should narratively decide it. Because it, it does change certain things, I think, doesn't it? Yeah, I think, like, maybe what it is, is it does depend on how solidly um, she she exists within someone's dream. Probably on, like, that sync level that she has with a person. Um, probably just the ease of it. And, like, I rolled an 11 so maybe like in this case like she can even stay in someone's dream while not being conscious but maybe it's not always the case maybe it does depend maybe it depends on the other person yeah maybe if you maybe if you trust them they can hold you there yeah yeah i like that so like i think we could get an image of you like literally fading out of era's world and her like literally like having to pull you into her arms to like hold you here with her cool so where do you want to pick up next i guess i mean i think like the next scene is probably she's conscious back in the main cabin again and she's Mm -hmm. kind of collecting herself and um you know she's slept a little bit and she's had a beat um and so Mm -hmm. she's gonna go uh interact with uh basil and maybe olive uh just Mm -hmm. to thank them like properly for what they're doing for her and i think like also she needs to eat but that is not a part of her goal right now it's not even on her mind like technically she needs to eat but she's just definitely not hungry at all gotcha i think when you you step out of your cabin you hear down one direction you can hear sounds of cooking and i think you can assume that one of them's always in the in the cockpit so um yeah i'm just gonna follow those sounds see who i find okay so you head into the mess which is kind of an elegant affair like just one of those kind of minimalist kitchens and and with Mm -hmm. with a dining room table Mm -hmm. how long did juniper sleep i guess is a good question that's it. That is a good question. Well, when what time was it when they left? Like, was this nighttime? Was she going to bed? It was bed? nighttime. It was nighttime. It was it was dark out. I mean, maybe it was just a night's sleep. Gotcha. Is it like the okay? Morning? So this. Well, you're in a jump gate now, and so time this is, is like true. It's weird. It's wibbly wobbly. It's there's <laughs> yeah. You're traveling across literal light years in a week. You know, like it's inside the jump gate like there's no day and night there's just inside the ship and 
the warp outside. So the only clocks that matter are just synchronized ones. Sure. Okay, so... You know, like, what time is it on an airplane when you're going from New York to L.A., right? Like, Right. Eh. Time is fake. Um, <laughs> but that's another conversation. Um, so, I, mean, I I don't know. I mean, like, but I mean, her body is, like, you know... Yeah. She's got this circadian rhythm is... and all that, so maybe, like, six or seven hours? <laughs> Okay, so like a normal sleep. It wasn't like some weird, sometimes when you sleep for so long because you're sick or you're something. It was just a normal. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're, so yeah, Basil's in the mess making breakfast, essentially. Cool. I think he's making, <sighs> mm. he is making a traditional palace new empire dish, which is, there is essentially like a type of vibrant blue spinach that only grows on palace. And you just mix that Bougie. in with anything, right? Like, you know, just, and it just makes it a palace dish, you know? <laughs> okay. And so it's just, um, it's just scrambled eggs, you know? It's just scrambled eggs with spinach in it, you know? Yep, yep, yep. But, uh, uh hmm. he says, oh, you're up, my lady. I think when she sees, I think when she sees what he's making, like, she, like, physically feels sick to her stomach. Like, not because, like, she doesn't usually enjoy this dish, just because of the combination, like, A, she is not hungry at all, she's feeling like shit, and B, like, that food in particular, if this is a food that only comes from Palace, like, it reminds her of home in a way that is just not sitting right right now. It's like, oh, yeah, that's where I was from, and now I'm not. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. it's... But, I mean, she's not gonna say that to him, and she's definitely... I mean, she's gonna... Get, she's polite, you know? That's just kind of how she's feeling. And I think she looks back at him, and she's like, uh, good morning, Captain. Um, thank you. Thank you for making breakfast. It's just Basil. I lost Captain a little bit ago. Do you want a plate? Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, thank you. Lies are good. Um, <laughs> lies are great. It's just a little white lie. It's okay. I think he can see through it a little, so he only gets you a very small plate. He's a good man. And he sits... Yeah, he... Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Um... <laughs> For the record, I, Natalie, do not know the story. Um, <laughs> whatever they played out, I am unaware of it, so. Yeah. Uh, so Basil sits down, and he's like, ah, so, uh, how, how are you doing, I guess? It's only been a few hours, so still quite a ways. Um, better. Thank you. I, I appreciate your help. Um, I really appreciate your help. It, it's really kind of you, especially considering your situation and my situation. Um, we owe your father. I owe your father. What do you owe Served him for? On Ooh. Not sending him to my death a few times, that's for sure. Um, I served under him. Back when he captained the Hand of Sorrow. But uh, that was that was before you were born. He uh, finished up. He was born. You were born while he was on tour. Yeah, uh, showed me the first photos actually. But uh, so there's that. Uh, 
there is a bit of a dust-up over at Hold Moon 17 a little while ago. Uh, the new interim captain, uh, Captain Cumulus Summers, long may she reign, uh, needed to be put in her place a little, and I needed a little more uh, oomph, let's say, to to kind of put her under, put her in her place, teach her the ropes a little. And uh, your father was among some of the people who made me a, a advising captain for a short time, and so. But my father, he's okay. Yeah. Yes. Lord Blackbird is, he's in good health, as is your mother, and your family is fine. Uh, I haven't heard anything since I left, and he was in relatively good spirits when I last spoke to him, and he uh, loaned me the shuttle. Um, that hurts her a little bit. Like, I don't know, like, just in a very, like, primal, like, child kind of way of, Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's that immediate irrational thought of, like, my dad is fine without me. Like, you know, like, he's doing great. Completely, (laughs) completely ignoring the implication there that, like, he's probably, that Basil is implying that he's been broken up about it, and it was nice to see him in a good place, relatively speaking. Right, and I think she like, heard none of that, <laughs> not at first. But at I mean, yeah, not at first. Like I think that was an immediate reaction, and she does have like a the selflessness to be happy that her father is happy, <laughs> and b <laughs> the emotional maturity to like be like, wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> yep. And I think she says, good. Um, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, has anything um, changed politically? Well, like I said, there was a bit of a dust-up. Corporate Alliance sent out some frigates to take Hold Moon 17. We uh, turned them back, but it's a pretty bold move on their part. Pretty bold. So... It's, uh, it'd be accurate to say that some very patriotic patriotic and warmongering sort of spirits have flared up. Okay. Um, it's good to know. Is it? Seemed like you were living a kind of, aside from what I saw at the end there, it seemed like you were kind of living a blissfully ignorant life out there. I mean, depends on how you define ignorant, I guess. Um, But I... You're right, I didn't... I haven't heard much of politics lately. Or I, I... I think she was, like, about, like, I think she's about to confide in him almost, like, a little bit about, like, some feelings about her banishment, but with him it's kind of weird, and, like, being in this place is kind of weird because it kind of puts her back into this noble role. Like, Mm -hmm. her role has shifted from, like, you know, Rosewood's house guest who sometimes fights monsters for him to, like, okay, these people worked for my father, (laughs) and I am on their ship. (laughs) 
back to the point where these people can't really, they struggle to not call you my lady. Right. Right. Which from is... this guy, from this other guy who's like, I don't fucking care about you. I don't have the time of day for you. <laughs> right. Like yeah. from that to, to this very, cause I don't know if I'm getting it fully across, but his demeanor is very much, I will answer whatever you ask. And that like, is it sort of thing was kind of a slip up. And I think on his face, it would read that like, Oh, I shouldn't have said that, you know? Sure. Sure. Um, and I think it's like, I mean, she's not uncomfortable with that. That was her whole life. You know, it's not like she's uncomfortable being treated as a noble. Like, I mean, yes, it's been some time and like, it's weird, like shifting from one role to another, but it's not like, I mean, she's not sitting here like, oh my God, why are you calling me that? You know, like it's right. It's, this is in a weird way, like her comfort zone. Like this is what home is. So, and you're noticing that, which is interesting. Yeah. So I think a little alarm goes off, though, and he's like, ah, I, it's my turn. Okay, can I be of any service? Um, I can, oh, I can help. Milady. I'm not Olive a noble I, anymore. Well, if your father has his way, and he often does, this is a temporary situation, milady. And, uh, for... Common folk like us, favors and a good reputation with yourself and your father go a long way. So, you know, I hope you'll understand. I do. Thank you. Uh, let us know if we can be of any service. There's, but we're pilots born and bred. So. <laughs> Very well, well. I'm sure Olive will be in in a few minutes. I think she just kind of like nods. It kind of like dismissing him in a, right, like a yep. weird like class rank kind of a way like yep and he <laughs> he takes that he takes his he kind of waits for that nod and he strides out and do you wait very long yeah i think i'm still picking up my food um but i mean i don't i don't think i'm gonna attempt that very long <laughs> i think i'm gonna kind of like pick up my plate and move like towards the trash yeah, I think as you're like stepping out of the room, you almost run into to to Olive, and mm-hmm. she like jumps back a little, and her like her head goes down, and she's like, "My lady, I'm I'm so sorry," and like steps back for you. Oh no, it's okay, it's okay. I'm sorry. I totally surprised you. Uh yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm just a little tired. I'm I'm gonna get a bite to eat and rest, my lady, before my next shift. Please do. May I sit with you? Uh yes, of course. I think she, like, I think Basil left her some eggs, and mm-hmm. she piles that onto her plate greedily, and she looks tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, I haven't been this worn out in oh, quite some time. Promised myself I'd never get this tired again. Um, Juniper is going to start making coffee. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> um... And she just says, um, so what happened, if you don't mind me asking? What do you mean, what happened, my lady? The captain, he said that you got into something of a scuffle. Oh, you mean the full-pitched battle between the corporate alliance and us? (laughs) Or do you mean why he and I don't serve anymore? Both, I suppose. (sighs) Well, 
I think he um, told me uh, less than he should have. Well then, I, I'll try not to spare any of the details, lady, but in, in short, a corporate alliance does what they normally do. They hire a third-party mercenary organization, sent out a few frigates and fighters, and, uh, well, truth be told, it's not what you'll see in the news vids, of course, or, or it's not the way that Captain Summers would have said it, but, well, we only barely managed to pull it off. We lost most of our bombers and fighters. Captain and I were real lucky to, uh, make it back. And, and we only made it through because the engineers kind of pulled a thing. And in short, it was a real battle. It wasn't one of those, oh, the corporate alliance blew up a scout here or we blew up a tanker there. It was a whole military-grade ship to military-grade ship thing. It was a real battle. My lady. I see. But, I'm uh, sorry for your losses. Me too. We, uh... Basil, he trained them, he trained me. Trained all of us. From when we were like... 12, 13. So... And it's... And it's my fault, my lady, as to why we are... No longer in military service. Well, <laughs> from one banished person to another, <laughs> I just want to tell you that whatever it was, you're in my good graces. And it's going to be okay. Thank you. She really doesn't know what they say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, th I think like maybe Lady Black... <laughs> Lady Blackbird? Why did I just call her that? Juniper? Because everybody's been calling her that. <laughs> True. Oh my god. Even I'm treating her as noble. Um, <laughs> I think like... I think Juniper like senses her discomfort and like shifts into like an easier kind of more small talk topic at the moment, kind of like a little bit more familiar to her, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like maybe something about the ship and how's it holding up? <laughs> like, uh, you know, all of all of all of chats about that, but Olive's worse than Basil. Like Basil will occasionally let his person, like him, his personality slip out. You know, he'll mm -hmm. occasionally be like, "Is it?" You know, like he'll he'll talk mm -hmm. back. Maybe it has to do with his age, that he's lived so long that he's like, okay, they are nobles, it's important to treat them with respect, but they are people too, you know? He's probably yeah. known your father long enough to be like, okay, we have a much more cordial relationship. Right. She's not there yet. She okay. only speaks when spoken to, only elaborates when you ask her, gives facts, not her feelings. Hmm. Um, it's, a, it's tough to have a conversation with her, I think. Sure, sure. I mean, I think I think the coffee's probably done. So Juniper like pours her a cup and like just sets it down in front of her. She says, "Thank, thank you, my lady. I I appreciate it." Of course, and it's okay to take a break, you know. If you say so. 
Um, I don't think that Juniper's going to push her too hard. Like, Mm-mm. I don't think that's like comfortable or necessary, but I think in her head, Juniper kind of makes note, like she kind of, she like wants to be like friends with this person. I mean, she probably doesn't have a lot of time, but she wants to get through to her like a little bit more (laughs) if she can, you know, it's just like that. Like I can tell this might be a struggling person and I know we don't have that relationship yet, but I I still want to do something. (laughs) But if I'm working on you, I don't have to work on me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's the solution to everything. I think she drinks it down the down the coffee and she's like better than NutriCubes, my lady, much better. I should hope so. But I I appreciate your sentiment, but I, I will not be I will not be falling down on this watch too. I understand. Uh, I just doesn't hurt to have a little extra help. No, no it does not. But uh, we're here to help you. And I think she stands and, like, starts cleaning her, her dishes. Yeah, I mean, Juniper's not going to make her feel more awkward by offering to do them herself. <laughs> Even right. though that might be the instinct. <laughs> um, Especially after probably being very grumpily told, go chop some wood every day yeah. for a month. <laughs> yes, yeah. She's kind of grown a little bit more accustomed to uh, doing things for herself. <laughs> like chores. <laughs> Like chores. Yes. Uh, I'm so excited that we're seeing this side of Juniper. This, <laughs> the, the, the noble side. I'm, I do appreciate it very much. I think after Me a few too. minutes and once the whole place is perfectly clean again, I think Olive like kind of stands and says, I, I think I'm going to go rest now, milady, if, if it doesn't bother you so. Oh, of course not. Please do. And she kind of, like, bows her head and, like, walks out. <laughs> I think Juniper just, like, kind of, like, almost rolls her eyes at herself. Like, like, oh my god, what was that? Like, I, like it was just, like, like, she feels awkward about it. I think the, uh, I think, do you have Aira's chassis with you? I do, indeed. Do you, I guess that's a good question. Is there a time when you're not holding Aira? Like, do you ever let her just sit in a spot like would you have left her in your room um not yet fair no actually because like i think i mean Aira's a huge comfort to her and i think she also feels a little bit selfish like leaving era like not in her world like because mm-hmm. she's the whole goal here is to get era as integrated into this world as possible and like be a part of her world so I think she's right. really, like, has that in mind. And so she pretty much takes her everywhere. Yeah, I think Aira clicks on, like, her voice. You okay? Those yeah, were, uh, I'm okay. I've never heard you talk like that with anyone. My, my experience is limited, I, I will say, but... Oh. Yeah, um... <laughs> it's... It's what they expect of me. Um, yeah, I, I'm i sorry. That must have been weird. You're a princess. <laughs> I'm not a princess. You, they treat you like a princess. I guess. Um, but, I mean, I'm not anymore. And 
Certainly not after living with Rosewood. I met him just the once, and even when he was hurt, he was grumpy. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of miss it, though. (laughs) I hope he's all right. (sighs) Me too. I'm glad you saved him. Me too. Can, can I turn all the way on here, or should I? Um, I was just trying to think about like how the new empire is with this kind of thing, like out of character. <laughs> um, I think out of character, at best, they. I don't think Olive or Basil would try and take this thing from you, but Basil strikes you as the kind of guy who would get drunk and talk. Yeah. And the empire maybe at best would want to take her and pull her apart and find out how she worked and then put her in a museum. Right. Yep. That makes sense. And Um, at worst would try and put her in a weapon of war. Try and make a a mech work again for their war effort. Got it. Okay. Well, okay. Even that considered, um, Juniper knows that uh, Basil is at in the cockpit, right? And yeah. so I think I think she takes her chance, just partly because she really misses her, and yeah. um, she also feels bad saying no. So I think she's just like, yeah, yeah, it'll be okay. So I think Era appears across from you, like mm-hmm. in the same spot that Basil and uh, Olive were sitting. Like she just sort of projects herself there. So, how are you feeling about saving Rosewood? I mean, how you saved him, I guess. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry that you saw that. I don't feel good about it. She was going to shoot him again. You stopped her. She's still a person. Yeah. And I know you don't want to use your powers that way, but... What was the other choice? I don't know. I've thought about that a lot. And... I could... I could have talked. I could have distracted her. I could have tied her up I faster if I was quick enough. If I didn't let my anger get to me, I could have handled it better. I didn't have to torture a person. I was just, I was so angry and I didn't, I didn't mean to. It just, it it just happened and I, I could have, I could have done better. Juniper, he's safe. There was no good way to do it. I, I know, I, I know you're right. I just, I can't help but think that maybe there was. You're not going to be able to live looking back. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to leave that behind. You don't have to. Then how am I supposed to move forward? By getting stronger? By letting someone take your hand? And help carry the load a little? And I think she like puts her like holographic hand through yours. <laughs> Taking a break from trying to fix everyone around you? No, no, that's that's not it. 
that's not it. I, I, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Okay. Um. I just, I just have to, I have to keep going. I have to, I have to do good and I'll be fine. Are you going to be able to do good if you're hurting? Yes. Okay. If, um, you said, you said that on Hold Moon 4, that's where we're going? Yeah. There's cities there, right? Yeah, why? Maybe we could take a day off. The ruin's not going anywhere. Neither am I. Yeah. Yeah. We probably should. Yeah? Yeah. I'm sorry. You don't have to be sorry. Just... Talk to me. I will. It's not an easy thing to talk about. I feel like I've been on this side of the conversation before. And on your side, too. She kind of shakes her head. It's like, it's like, um, it's like when I saw the mech you found me in. Familiar, this conversation. But nothing specific. I guess it's just loss. Yeah. Hmm. I'm glad you're here with me. Glad I have you here, trust me. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back before somebody barges in. Right. It's like a long conversation you don't wanna have right now. <laughs> That's true. Um Thank you. Yeah. I'll be listening. And um Come visit whenever you want. Diceology is hosted and produced by Dane Fogdahl. Lady Juniper Blackbird is performed by Natalie Wilcoxon. Simple World was developed by Avery Alder, and Firebrands was developed by D. Vincent Baker. Soundscapes were created by TabletopAudio.com. If you like the show, please rate and review us wherever you listen. It helps us more than you know. If you'd like to follow us, you can find us on Twitter at DiceologyPod for behind-the-scenes photos and updates. Thank you for listening.